What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another No Regrets Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, joined by... His wife, Carla. And why don't you introduce our guest today? And we have guests again today. We are excited that we have... Again, it's the second time we've had guests. Okay, so it's the second time. All right, again, we have... Matt and Hannah McCommon, and they are our guests today, and Hannah is my niece, and Matt is my nephew by marriage. And Did you have so, to think about that? No, that I didn't. I just didn't know if... Yeah. Wonder what you were going to call her? No, I was going to call her my niece, but then I was like, Matt's my nephew by marriage. But anyway, okay, so... We want to get right to it. So yeah, we do. Well, here's let's start out here. Tell us about you. Tell us about your love story. Because y'all started dating in high school, right? Mm-hmm. That's and correct. Yeah. So you're one of these high school romances that actually end up getting married. So tell us a little bit about it. I don't know who wants to go. I'll go. Um, well, actually, technically, we grew up going to Sunday school together. We don't remember each other then, but we were both in Sunday school. So, so. he didn't make Jeez. much of an impression no, on not then. that stage. It's <laughs> pretty standard. Yeah. Um, but then in ninth grade, we ended up at the same high school. Um, didn't really talk or anything at that point. But junior year, um, we ended up in the same friend group. I kind of joined his friend group. So we we're hanging out in groups, um, things like that. And then I guess beginning of senior year, um, we were still hanging out in our friend group, and then we started, I guess, liking each other, and we would hang out on our own some, too. And then we started dating, like, a little, little into our senior year, probably in September. Okay, um, did you have to give him hints, or? No. No. I didn't give him hints. Did you chase her? Maybe he yeah, said something like differently, did, yeah. but ah. <laughs> I don't think I was giving any hints, necessarily. No, um, yeah, she actually had a friend, um... That I was kind of using as my intermediary. Check yes or no, like <laughs> well, I was like, what, what's she note? thinking? And it kind of turned out that her friend didn't want me to date Hannah because she didn't want friend, to lose did the her friend. friend. Want you? Oh. No, she didn't want to okay. lose her friend, and I was kind of coming in between that. And oh. uh, she was giving me some false intel. So oh, we probably would have started that. dating earlier. Intrigue. But, uh, yeah. So. So tell Are us. Are you about... still friends with her? By the way. No. Oh. the picture. Okay. Um, all right, so <laughs> y'all dated in all through college then. Mm-hmm. We were both at UGA, dated all four years there. Um, then we went to grad school in separate places. Um, that was the first time we'd been apart in a while. Uh, Matt might want to talk about the next part because... Yeah, that's fair. That um, decision, <laughs> so I what knew, happened during that part, Matt? Yeah, we broke up for about, was it about three weeks? Yeah, maybe a month. Hey, we, did the, we did the same thing. Yeah, true. Hannah was the only serious relationship I'd ever had. I dated other people, but not like, you know, on, on a serious, serious level, you know, we're, to well, where you're thinking about deep. marriage. At yeah, this exactly. Point. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I feel like that's understandable since we started dating in high school, but I knew that it was about to get to the point where I was approaching proposing. And I was kind of thinking a lot along the lines of, you know, how do I know this is the one, um, you know, going into proposing, how do I know? And, Pretty much probably a day and a half, two days after we had broken up, I already had my answer. You know, Aww. growing up, my mom was always the person that I went to tell all my good things, all my bad things, whatever it may be. Um, she was the first person that I would go to. And then probably not too far long into dating, it, that had become Hannah. And I went, so basically when we broke up, I ne- didn't have that person anymore. And it was kind of a big void in my life that she had obviously filled and was very, very important and influential for me. So 
but I didn't want to make a rash decision and be like, okay, it's been a day and a half. Let's get back together. <laughs> um, so I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just doing it based off of feelings. So I waited longer than I really wanted to, to get back together. But after a day and a half, I pretty much knew already. Did so. she take you back? She did. She was upset with me. Though, did you make him sure. grovel? I don't know. I didn't. Nah. When, when, Honestly, when did my the, parents were probably more upset than uh, I they, was yeah, about it. So. Did they say bad things about him? You can tell. No, us. no, they didn't. I mean, they might have been thinking bad things for a little bit, but. Well, before we dated, uh, before, before we dated, we, before we got married, and before we got engaged, we sort of, I sort of did the same thing. Mine wasn't that I hadn't dated anybody. I, I forget. <laughs> I dated about twenty-five different people, um, but it was like. I think, but I want to know for sure. And I'd actually met somebody else who there was a small attraction to. It was like, you know, I want to make sure. And I was about the same way. Mm-hmm. Literally within a day or two, I thought, man, that's the dumbest thing I ever did. Yeah. And well, so that's what I, I understood. came to my senses. Yeah, I understand. Like, I'm glad he did that. And then he knew for sure instead of just like maybe Having going into it and questioning mark. it the whole time. So. Okay. So how long have you been married now? With five, five in March, years, yeah. so yeah, a little over five. Okay, let me let me ask you this real quick, and this wasn't on the list of questions I gave you to think <laughs> about. Um, I was looking at some stuff, and to be honest, the first five years of marriage are considered to be the hardest years because there's so much change going on. Would you just just real quick? Would you say that, or is it not? Do you think is it better, especially since you dated so long? He might have a different answer than me, but I don't think it's... I mean, we've had hard times and different things, but I don't think it's been that hard overall. Um, I mean, there's different things that we argue about and that are hard. and But I feel like going into it, people kept saying, it's going to be so hard. It's going to be so hard. Your first year is really, really hard. And I don't know if just having all that negative stuff, I was thinking it was going to be maybe way worse than it actually <laughs> yeah. was. But like, the worst, yeah, it yeah. Happen, and people really were saying that like, I guess to prepare us, um, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but it, I feel like I heard a lot of negative about it. Like, it's going to be hard. You'll get through it, but it's going to be hard. But I would say overall, no. Thanks to your question, it hasn't been super hard. Well, I didn't think it, and you know, just knowing because we are family and, you know, if there have been some crazy things and obviously we'd have heard, but I think it's interesting. I guess it's because of such an adjustment that couples have to make. But part of it, because y'all had known each other for so long, you knew each other so well, where a lot of couples, they're just really learning. I was going to say, do you think, and there's no way to really compare this, but do you think for couples, and you all are probably, I don't know what the statistics are, that you kind of marry your high school sweetheart, so to speak. I suppose only about 2% okay, of couples I was say, like high school sweethearts. So very small. So mm-hmm. most people would not have four, five, six years under their belt of having a relationship, getting to know one another before you get married. So do you find in talking and being with other friends that maybe met in grad school, maybe met, you know, in college that the season was shorter, does that seem to make any difference in those first years? Maybe. And yeah, we did date six and a half years before we got married. And then, of course, we went through high school, college, grad school. I mean, we were you were already 23 when we got married, so we weren't super, super young. Um, That's young today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I also feel like, yes, it is a lot of change, you know, getting married, but at the same time, like, we had finished, you know, undergrad, then grad school, then started working. So we were going through so much change that maybe getting married 
two and a half months after we both started working full time for the first time that it was like, maybe this is just another thing added to the list of change that's new. Um, and I think to your point, Hannah talked about like, you know, people say the first year or two of marriage is hard. I think people also talk about this big honeymoon stage. And I don't really feel like we had that either. Not to say that like we weren't super happy, but I think it was more so just steady, even keel. And I think that's where maybe the dating and knowing each other for so long may have played, mm. a, you know, into it. We didn't have the crazy highs or the crazy lows. And maybe I think that's what kind of helped. Okay. That's interesting. Well, let me ask you this. What, when you, what's the biggest thing that surprised you about marriage or has anything as far as being different than maybe what you expected or something just totally unexpected you never really thought about? Well, this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, but everyone's saying it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, which there are hard times and we've had some hard times, but it's just fun overall. It was easier. Yeah. It's just fun. And it's fun to get to do life with your best friend every single day. Um, That's sweet. What would you say, Matt? No, I agree. I I was also, I I agree. It's it's just great to be able to share daily, you know, every day when you come home, every morning when you wake up, you know, whatever's going on on in your lives. It's just, it's a shared burden or a shared joy. Um, But one of the things my dad had said, you know, when he had first got married, that's kind of something I thought about was he pretty much made it to the first fight in every relationship that he had been in before my my mom. And it's like, okay, just break up or you can just leave. But when you're married, it's like, no, you're here. That person's not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You got to deal with it. You've got to, you know, resolve it or it's because it's not going anywhere. You're both staying there. You can't just get up and leave. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Well, what's really good is when on a national thing, most divorces happen within those first couple of years. Yeah. So So for a lot of couples, obviously the amount of change is so either overwhelming or they're just some really unexpected things that it ends up being more difficult than they thought. And so they kind of tend to want to be like, you know, sticker shock. Do you think that any of your expectations about what marriage was going to be like, are they changed now or different than what you thought it was beforehand? Hmm. Silence. I mean, that was a tough question. No, yeah, no. Stump the panel yeah. here with that Stumped question. That's good podcasting by me and Hannah. Just silence to a question. <laughs> um, hey, it was one of those powerful moments of silence. No, but I, I think... To answer your question and also what's different in our premarital counseling, I didn't I didn't think finances would be a struggle for us at um, all. And I know there's gonna be a that question. Is another question there. I yes. know that, that will be just one jump later. Into that. But when we discuss that, I feel like we think not exactly the same on finances, but pretty similar similarly. But what we've come to find out is we think differently on certain things, if, if that makes sense. Okay, so, well, you brought it up. You brought up the whole finances things. That is one of the things that couples say the biggest source of conflict is when it comes to money. Yes. What's been some of the challenges when it comes to finances? You say that you look at it or think about it differently. So like Matt said, I would feel like looking at the big picture, we do think very similarly. But, okay, so for example, like... I would, and you can jump in if this is not what you think, but like neither, we're not super frugal and we're not like, we don't just spend a lot of money, but like I buy a lot of things, but I buy like cheap things. 
Whereas Matt, he might not buy anything for a while, and then he might make like a big purchase, and I'm like, whoa, 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 like, the five hundred dollar yeah, lawnmower. Like, but oh, honestly, if you added up all my purchases, they probably do equal five hundred dollars. Looking at a whole, but like to me, that's like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like, we need to think about that. Whereas he's like, no, it's fine. Like, this is a smart decision. I've thought through it, and my first thought is like oh, are you sure you've like researched and done all that? And cause that's like a huge purchase instead of just like my $20 shorts that I'm buying here and there or whatever it is. I think yeah, that's what we are no, about the I, I most. I think that's spot on. And yeah, I don't buy a lot of things, but you know, when I need something, I kind of get what we need. need. You know, I'm not going to take the short route on it. That doesn't mean I'm going to be excessive in my spending, but yeah, I, I think that's true. I think I think you see the number, not the need or yeah. the thought and process. And I'm also okay with buying cheaper things, yeah. which a lot of times don't hold up as well. So I understand your thought process, but I'm like, just buy the cheapest one. It's fine. Like it'll, it'll work. It'll work out. But it doesn't always. Yeah, and so true. a lot of times that is the better decision. So I, I love this little conversation here. We just did a podcast several weeks ago on money and more like the Oftentimes, what we're finding out is that couples, yes, hey, we agree about this, saving, spending, we're going to budget, we're going to do that, things, how you're going to do shared checking accounts, whatever. But then what catches them is they realize it's something we would call a money attitude. How do you feel about money that they may never have talked about before? And sometimes in the premarital, depending on how they do it, that may not come out. And so it has to do with sort of that idea of how do you value money? What does money mean to you? And it'd be interesting to do uh, the money habitudes game we do with our premarital couples to see how y'all came out. Yeah. Because I guarantee there's sort of a difference here. Mm-hmm. And you can see, though, all right, would you say, and Matt happens to be in the finance world, so would you say that played into that or not? You being, quote, the money guy. I assume sometime in a cut, if a couple, if one of you has a strength or skill in that area is the thought, okay, well, you're going to handle stuff because that's what you do. Did y'all talk about that or? I think we did talk about it at premarital counseling, but it was just, yeah. he was going to do that and he was fine with and that. You, and Not, you were good with just saying, with that hey, so that's, is that how you do it? Do you do the bills and all of that. Yeah, I do all that stuff. I pay the water bill. That's it. She does. Oh. That's the one check we write on the water bill. Okay. So. The water bill. Um, do you talk about it at all, or did you just sort of set up a budget together? Or well, we're bad about budgeting. Yeah, so we've we'll set like... up a couple budgets, and that's probably something I need to to get on. <laughs> Hannah's been begging me for probably at least a year to. All right, get this all right, app, all right. Wait a minute. So. Let me get straight on this. Hannah, who's not the financial person, is begging the financial person. Yeah, so it's person. actually, it's weird, the dynamic we have with, it's very weird. It so did, I, I don't, well, part of my job is to keep up with stuff and track it and all that kind of good stuff. So I told Hannah, I was like, I can just do that with ours, but obviously there's going to be gaps where I don't do it for a while. And <laughs> Hannah wants it to have it, you know, readily available, you know, whenever oh, she wants to look That's my type at it, A-ness so. that I just okay. want to see that and have it right there. How about just some practical things? Okay, you handle money, you do the bills and all that, except for the water bill. Do you have joint checking accounts, separate? Joint. Yeah, joint. joint. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, that's a decision couples have to make. Yeah. And, and there's some that, you know, feel insecure if they don't have all their money together because it's like, well, what are they doing with their money? How come I don't know about it? And if, like, money is security to them, then that may be a real red flag to them. So... Yeah, I was just curious as to how y'all did that. Yeah, it's one of the first things we did, and 
you know, I don't think we thought like this at the time, but having this conversation, I think it's just another way to have more transparency in your marriage by having just that one checking account is yeah. even though I'm the one that pays our bills and all that kind of stuff, Hannah does have access to the account. If she wants to go look, she can, she knows password, all that kind of good stuff. So she doesn't do it regularly, but it's not like I can be like, you know what? I think I'm going to get a set of golf clubs this this month. <laughs> she won't notice. So. <laughs> that will be noticed. That will be one of the big purchases. Yeah. Okay. Carla, what was the question you I said I wanted you to ask? say, what if you all thinking back on the last five years, is there a particular thing that you feel like you have done as a couple that has been part of what has helped continue to deepen your intimacy, to grow you as a couple, that you might say this thing that we sort of do as a habit or the way we think about something, or or is there something that you might just share with somebody starting out? You know, this has really been a significant piece of how we've grown as a couple. I think for me, and I, I think this is something we should do more, but I think those times when, from a Christian standpoint, when we study the Word or we do a study together, it, it's just so beneficial it's you just see the other person's heart so clearly and then not only that you know Hannah and I will talk about how we'll be talking about something and I'll say something to her and she'll hear it interpret it so differently than I meant it or vice versa and it's just I think that can be a strong suit though when you're going through the word I think that's what's so great about Christian community when you get into the word you have different perspectives and different things of the Bible can be brought about and you can see the other person's heart and, you know, what they think, what they're drawn to, what their mind, you know, brings about from when they read the scripture. So I think that brings us closer. I think that's something we should do more because I've definitely seen the fruit of it when we do it. I mean, mine was a more vague answer, but it was kind of along those lines, just keeping God at the center of your relationship. How do you do that? Well, like Matt said, and I think we need to do a better job with that too, just spending time in the world. And we do our own things, but we don't do it together. as much as we should together. And I think we sh- honestly should pray more together than we do. And, there, you know, you go through seasons where you're doing things more often than other times. Um, but I think that's huge. And I think we've seen the benefits and we're not always doing it as much as we should. But I definitely think that's a huge aspect and very important. That's cool. We talk a lot about um, the idea that for believers, two believers in a marriage, that that what what you all were both kind of saying that the idea of that vulnerability that comes, especially when you are praying together, reading God's word, talking about something. What does it mean to me? What I think God's showing me? Where am I struggling spiritually? There's such a vulnerability in doing that. But there is this incredible closeness and intimacy that comes out of it that's a level that people that are not believers don't ever get to achieve. Mm-hmm. And so it is a neat thing, but you can see how, again, it's it's one of those things we pattern and put into our lives, and it just grows exponentially as we do it over time. So that's really cool, though, that that would be your answer about kind of where that growing sort of strengthening of your marriage is coming from. So that's cool. 
All right, quick question about parents. Mm. Mm. And we'll try to block this on the airways yes. so if that anyone any that's re- related to these why. people can't hear all this, right? Now, one of the one of the things we found in working with couples is the impact their family of origin has, which is a lot bigger than I think most couples realize it'll be. But in this case, what is something maybe your parents tried to teach you when you were younger? before you got married, that now you're like, ah, that's what they meant. That you have, once you've gotten married, that it's like, wow, I appreciate what they did or I appreciate this that they had going on in their marriage now that maybe you didn't before you got married. Um, Mine is actually kind of what we were just talking about, but just having God at the center. Um, I just remember growing up, like even when me and my siblings were already here, but... Like if we got in late Saturday night or maybe we had something on Sunday and we were like, we weren't going to go to church. My mom and dad always made sure we did a devotion and prayed (laughs) together. And when, during that time, I remember thinking like, oh, this is so annoying. Like, we're not going to church. Let's like, just not do anything. (laughs) Yes. Um, But we, every time, if we didn't end up at church, we would do that devotion and pray together as a family. Um, And looking back, I'm like, wow, they just made sure to keep God, to keep God at the center of everything um Hmm. that we did yeah so you just talked about that that's one of the things that's really built the intimacy you have with each other but part of it is because you saw it modeled in your family yeah yeah i agree i I think definitely the the thing that comes to mind first is being raised in a christian household with parents that you know they're obviously not perfect either their marriage has troubles whatever it may be but you saw a united front where it was important for us to go to church together as a family, whatever it may be. Um, but also what comes to mind for me is financial stu- stewardship. Mm. Um, my parents, they're drastically different on the spectrum of how they handle money. My mom is so frugal, you know, so strict. Like, you know, she's not cheap, but she's very aware of spending. Yeah, that's where your attitude about cereals came from, Yeah, right? that's right. That's right. <laughs> and then, uh, you want to explain that? <laughs> Yeah, I don't really love the Kroger brand cereal. Um, <laughs> you have a little bit of an attitude about it. You will not buy store it. brand okay. cereal. No. Because you grew there is, up There that. are certain things where it's the store brand is fine, but cereal is not one of them. Not one of them. Not going there. Um, but at the same time, it's like my dad is me to the extreme as far as, you know, if he wants something, like, he's going to get it. Not all the time, but, you know, he goes out and gets what he wants, you know, pretty regularly, and I think that drives my mom crazy. So... <laughs> But basically with them, you know, being raised in a, you know, I guess upper middle class home, watching my parents make sacrifices to do things like send us to a Christian private school, uh, that was important to them. Um, You know, I think being older, you see how much of a sacrifice that (laughs) is. When you're younger, you may know it, but you don't realize it. And then, I don't know, when when you're there or getting close to there, you're like, wow, yeah, that was a big sacrifice that they made. I think definitely marriage brings some the realities of money and finances and how much things we never really thought about that our parents were doing and yeah. sacrificing for us. And, and regardless of what kind of level they were on financially, you may now as you get older realize, man, they still sacrifice. Or my mom worked two jobs. She was a single mom. Or they did this or did that to help us. And, yeah, sometimes we don't certainly know that early on. So that's cool. And being taught tithing. You know, both of our families did that, obviously, but I don't know. I think that it may not be a generational thing, but I, I know there's so many people 
our age that are working that don't tithe and working public accounting for five years, you know, I do tax returns and there's so many wealthy people out there that don't, you know, not only, I'm not even talking about Christians, like non-Christians, they don't give to charity, not a dime. They don't Uh, give anything away. And and it was just so sad to see. So, uh, it's a lot easier if you start from the beginning tithing than basically if you think, okay, I'm rich enough now I can tithe. Like it comes a lot harder because that dollar gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So, I guess just financial stewardship across the board is one of the things that I think my parents embodied that it makes a lot more sense now being grown and married and having two jobs. So, <laughs> What about the idea of, okay, um, in your case, um, and again, we're not throwing anyone under the bus at all, but we want to say, all right, you happen, again, a little bit of a neat, unique niche, your high school sweethearts. So therefore, your families lived in the same town, and nobody's moved away yet. So you have both families in town. So there are definite blessings, I'm certain, and perks to having your families right here. Are there challenges that you think are kind of unique to having both sets of families in town? I see the challenge when it comes to holidays, mm-hmm. um, just because my family is so big with holidays, and then... And his mom is really good about being accommodating with everyone. But, like, I don't want to neglect being with them or anything like that. And then when his sister comes in town, obviously I want to see her because she's from out of town. So I do feel like the negative part – no, it's great because I feel like the blessings outweigh the negative part because it's Christmas or whatever holiday and we get to see both sides of the family. But sometimes it does make it a little harder when you're trying to balance that that out. Yeah. How did y'all – how did you decide how you're going to handle that? Oh, yeah. It's kind of a holiday year-by-year year type thing. Um, we'll, do you we'll draw kinda, straws? No, no, no. no. <laughs> what we'll, we'll, we'll kind of do is kind of hear or try to, you know, get a gauge on what might be happening that coming season, you know, for times, dates, whatever it may be. And then we'll, we try to make both work as best as possible. And uh, Hannah, y'all's family is obviously a lot better about putting stuff way out in advance whereas my family tends to procrastinate more so um but his mom is really be great because yeah, a lot she's of times very she'll be like well what are y'all doing and then she'll plan around us and then um matt's brother and so his wife's over, family they're not overly demanding no no they're Correct. She's do y'all amazing. ever get any of the will you spend more time over there than you not spend time with us that's man and somebody's and, gonna and, write into this yeah. podcast and say who Parents, are these people i know we lucked out <laughs> yeah yeah because do you hear in general do if you have other couple friends where the families are both in town, do you feel from them sort of the pull at times? No doubt about it. And and I also think, like, with us, it's weird. It's a good thing, but it can result in frustration and an argument or a fight or whatever it may be at the same time. Hannah and I try to basically please the other person. And then our families do the same thing. Like, her mom and my mom, they encourage us to go to the other house, miss out on this family's thing, and... I'm like, Hannah, let's go to your family. She's like, no, let's go to yours. And it's kind of funny. Like, Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's this, unusual. But this, that's yeah, sweet. Yeah, but, but, that's crazy. But then, you know, an argument and a fight can still result from it. So it's weird. It's like. you're being overly nice. Yeah, okay. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That is a different kind of problem, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right. Um, got two questions to wrap up. Um, one of the things that we believe and that we teach is that marriage is probably the place that God 
sanctifies us and transforms our character more than anywhere else. What are some things in the five years you've been married? Hey, what are some things that God's taught you? This is more recently for me, but I read this somewhere that being offended is a choice. And I had never thought about that before. And I was like, wow, that is so good. Because I just, and I feel like that comes into play with like smaller things a lot of times. But like, say Matt had a bad day at work and I've already talked to him before he gets there. I know he's had a bad day. He's stressed, whatever. And maybe he comes in and says something snappy to me. Well, normally my response is going to be to snap, snap back, back or say something rude. I'm not saying I don't do that because I definitely do that sometimes. But sometimes if you just sit back and say, okay, I know he's had a bad day. Like, I, I'm i not going to be offended by this. Let's just move on. Because a lot of times if I snap back or say something rude back, that's going to a fight or some kind of argument's going to ensue. And I'm not saying I do it all the time, but I've been trying to really work on that. And I just think it's awesome. I when love that. Just, I love because so many times, you know, we talk about, and James talks about how important it is to control our tongue as far as what we say and speak. But I love the idea that we also have a responsibility when somebody may speak sharply to us, that how we respond, that's not their thing, that's our thing. Yeah. That's great. Matt, what about you? I think for me, and Hannah's brother Bryce, he had kind of asked me a couple of questions recently about similar to this, like what'd you learn in marriage and whatever it may be, but I think for me, it's come to the realization that, you know, when you're by yourself, even if you're just dating um, or you're engaged, whatever it may be, but when you're married, you know, your sins, your struggles, they start affecting two people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Before that, it's you and your relationship with God. And then those are the consequences. And now it's like, okay, these consequences also affect another person now. And kind of just, I, I encourage Hannah's brother Bryce that it's like you know whatever you maybe have going on in your life you know sometimes you can think like well when I get married or when I get older like this will be better it's like no it's not really how it works like (laughs) I don't know maybe I'm still just the immature eighth grade guy inside of me so maybe I'm just not maturing (laughs) but um you know I I don't think you grow out of sin so um wish we did I know I think you're right so I don't know just making sure to be cognizant of your sin. And when you're getting married, you're going into a relationship with another person. Now it affects not just you anymore. All right, last question. And if somebody else has listened to this podcast, we hope somebody is eventually down the line. (laughs) And whether they're in their early years of marriage or whether they've been married like us 40 years, y'all seem to have a solid, good, growing marriage. What one piece of advice would you give them, someone else? I would say you're on the same team. So just thinking about when you're arguing, if one, if you're sitting there winning and your partner's losing, well, you're both losing because you're mm. on the same team. Um, and I feel like that's easy to forget because a lot of times we want to win the argument. Um, I do a lot of times. Um, but just remember that you're both on the same team. So if your partner's losing, you're losing also. I think when we go back to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, studying the Bible together, praying together, whatever it may be, just making sure that you're doing things together. Because otherwise, in a marriage, you have your own separate relationships with God. It's almost like you're alone, you're separate in your marriage. So I think trying to integrate and trying to have, you know, as much transparency in your marriage as possible across 
all different categories, all different things of life, whatever it may be, just try to be unified together. Like Hannah said, you know, you're on the same team. So that's awesome. That is guys, Matt, Hannah, thank you so much for, for doing this. Not everybody would and put themselves out there for other people to hear, but man, we appreciate y'all doing that. And, uh, yes, your family, but it's been fun. <laughs> and we're to, proud. Yeah, but we yeah, are. It's but... been fun to watch your marriage. And we know it's not perfect, but None we know is. that you're being intentional about doing the right things. So, uh, guys, I hope you heard it. I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you'll take some of those things to heart. And until we meet again, we just hope that you're going to keep on forging.